When I'm playing tennis, I have fun. I feel alive. I feel integrated. I feel one with the universe. I feel um, exhilarated. I feel uh, I can do anything. I feel like I feel I believe in myself. I feel liberated. That is the voice of tennis legend Billie Jean King. And she's going to give us advice around how do we achieve greatness as well as breaking through barriers and much, much more on today's Super You podcast. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are I have hard. a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man, but more importantly than who I am, it's really about Billie Jean King. She's going to give us some great advice today. She's going to give us seven super tips, but because tennis uses points like match point and set point, we're going to say seven points today. So you're going to get seven points. They're going to help you unlock and unleash your superpower on the world. She's going to give us advice on understanding that all of us are superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. Now, Billie Jean King is one of the most recognized people in the world, so she doesn't need much of an introduction, but she was born November 22nd, 1943. She's an iconic American former professional tennis player. I mean, she was renowned for her exceptional athleticism, and she had a very powerful game, so she kind of broke through. She dominated the tennis scene in the 60s, in the 70s. She actually wound up winning 39 Grand Slam titles, including 12 in singles, so that's making her one of the sports all-time greats. But most importantly, beyond her encore success, she actually played a very pivotal role in advocating for gender equality in tennis, notably through her victory against Bobby Riggs in the famous Battle of Sexist match in 1973. So her legacy extends well beyond tennis as she continues to be a vocal advocate for social justice. So without further ado, let's serve it up, shall we? I went there. Let's serve it up with point number one from Billie Jean King. Fifth grade. Uh, Susan Williams, who was sitting next to me, her father had just been transferred to Long Beach. And she was, real, she was the smartest person in the class, but she also loved sports. And we, were, we always ended up, it was a co-ed school, and we ended up playing all sports, and sometimes we'd end up being captains, even though we we're two girls. And one day in class, she just said, you know, she looks at me, she says, do you want to play tennis? And I go, what's tennis? I said, tennis, what's that? I said, what do, you, what do you do in tennis? And she says, you get to run, jump, and hit a ball. I go, those are my three favorite three things in sports. I'll try it. She belonged to a country club. They were people of wealth, and we went out to a country club. And we were considered from kind of the wrong side of the tracks. Even though we're fine, we're lower middle, middle class. We, weren't, we had clothes, shelter, food, the things that really matter in life, we were fine. And... Um, we went to the club, but I could see very quickly at this club that I wasn't going to be able to play tennis. My, we don't belong. But my mother had to, to sew me white shorts and do this because you had to wear all white. And so I hit with Susan, and I really had fun. And I'm sure I whiffed it a lot, but I, sure had, I liked the running and running after the ball and trying to hit it. And then we both played on a softball team at Houghton Park. And we're at Houghton Park, and Val Haller and the coach looked at us because um, I said, Susan took me to play tennis. 
She says, oh, well, every Tuesday they have free instruction here. I'm hurrying. Uh-oh. I'm a public park kid. They have free instruction. Now we're talking. And so I went home and said, I want to try, yeah, I really want to try to play tennis. And my dad says, are you sure? I said, Dad, I really want to. He says, well, figure out how you're going to pay for your first racket then. I said, Dad, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. So I went around to the neighborhood and helped, they helped create these pseudo jobs for me uh, so I could uh, make money. And I made uh, $8.29. I put it in a mason jar on the cupboard. And when I had $8.29, I, I could not wait any longer. I go, Daddy and Mommy, can we just please, I've got to go get my racket. So we went to Brown Sporting Goods. He says, what would you like? And I said, what is $8.29 by? He goes, he says, that's very helpful. So he took me over to the different rackets, and I found one of my favorite color. It was lavender, and I said, I found my racket, and I slept with it, and I read every tennis book, all three of them that I could find in the library. It's not like Amazon.com, that's for sure. And I just started to learn the history because I love history. That was fantastic. So I go out to the public park for my first instruction. And at the end of the day, I said to my mom, I was 11, Mom, I found out what I'm going to do with my life. This is it. And she goes, that's fine, dear, but you have homework and all this. And she's driving home. And I go, Mom, i got to tell Dad. i got to tell Randy. Come on, hurry. I got, and I'm jumping up in the seat, which they didn't usually allow us to do. You know, I was just jumping up and bouncing on the seat. And it, I remember it was the DeSoto Fluid Drive. And they used to have to step on the accelerator and then let up. And you hear the gears change. Oh, it was a crack up. I can just remember the sounds. I remember the day, the clear blue sky, and how excited I was. The eucalyptus trees at Houghton Park. I can remember everything so clearly, how excited I was. And I go, Mom, I'm telling you, this is it. You know, my mom's 89 now, and sometimes she'll look at me and said, she'll say, I remember that day. And she said, you are so happy. And look, you did do it. Like, she's so sweet. And I go, yeah, Mom, I told you I knew. And she's, I know, you really did. So um, I went home and told Dad and, Ray, and that was it. I started going to every park every day. Point number two. Well, I can give you an example. Every time the ball comes to me, I have to accept responsibility. I have to make a decision. Then I hit the ball. Let's say it's out by six inches. I don't call that failure. I call it feedback. Okay? Taking the information, think about it, knowing next time I get a similar shot. The thing I love about tennis and life and movement, it's never the same twice in a lifetime. That's what I love about it. It's fascinating. So the ball's coming back again. I have a similar situation. Now I make the correction. The ball goes in six inches. So I took responsibility. I had to make a quick decision. Am I going to slice it? Am I going to hook it? Am I going to uh, top spin, side spin? I mean, there's a thousand choices I have. It's like an, I always picture it like an actor. Okay, they have a scene to play. They can play this scene a thousand different ways, the same scene. They have to choose how they're going to do it. And when you do the theater, it's live, just like when I played, it's live, which is a great, great lesson in life. Champions adapt and pressure's a privilege. Changing sides of the court, let's go to point number three. A lot of times girls are taught we don't deserve things. You know, right. we're, we're taught to be perfect, so it's never good enough. We're supposed to be really happy with the crumbs, okay? Girls are supposed to be thrilled with the crumb. Oh, thank you so much, oh, you're so great. Stop that. We need the cake, the icing, and the cherry on top, too. And that is really major, to think big, to think you deserve it. So I think because my dad was so positive with me, he says, you can do anything you want in your life. 
Don't let anything stop you. So I was getting the same message as Randy, my brother was getting. And I think that's so important. The self-belief is the most important thing we can teach a girl. For love, point number four. <laughs> and Muhammad Ali and I would talk, because I just love this guy. He's one of my favorite people ever. And we talked about you never know how another person's going to touch your life or how you're going to touch theirs. You never know how another person's going to touch your life, how you're going to touch theirs. And so we talk about being alert as you go through the day, as you go through every experience you go through. Stay in the now. Stay with the person. Be attentive. Also, you'll do better in your studies when you really are attentive. You know? Never mind. <laughs> Stay in the now. In the now is how you're in the zone. In sports, we talk about it all the time. In the present. And when you're taking a test, when you're listening to someone or whatever, if you can stay with them and stay with yourself, you will have the best results that you can do that day. And it's really important to do that daily. Billie Jean King with point number five. But I ask young people, why did you win? Because that's what makes greatness, is knowing why you won. And great players always practice their strengths every day. And I'm talking about, I want people to put their strengths in their office, in their bedrooms. You young athletes here today, I want you to put your strengths up on the wall. Do not put, I don't want to hear anything about make your weaknesses adequate but know what makes you great. Know what your strength is. That is everything. Point number six. And we talked about inner success and outer success. What do the people look like? Who are they that have both? And we kept looking and talking. Look, oh, that guy or this girl. Oh, I think, oh, I think they, maybe they're happy and they're doing really well. Here are the three things. Relationships are everything. With yourself, just you can figure it out. You're smart, you guys. That's why you're here. Um, relationships are everything. With yourself, your loved ones, just as you go through the day, relationships are everything. Think about what's important with you, your friends, your family, your your teammate, or whatever. Number two, keep learning. It's perfect for you guys. Keep learning and keep learning how to learn. Keep learning and keep learning how to learn. And the third one is be a problem solver and an innovator. And as a jock, as an athlete, all you're doing is problem solving the whole match. That's all we're doing is problem solving. Okay? Just when you're playing, just think about that. And love it. Love the challenge of solving the problem. And last but not least, moving on to point number seven. When I'm playing tennis, I have fun. I feel alive. I feel integrated. I feel one with the universe. I feel um, exhilarated. I feel uh, I can do anything. I feel like I feel I believe in myself. I feel liberated. I feel freedom. I feel. And I, when I say integrated, I mean I'm integrated in my mind, body, and soul as one. Because I have to use my mind, I have to use my heart, I have to use my guts. Those are the basic feelings. Uh, when I'm finished I, uh, with playing, I always come off the court knowing that that's when I truly feel one with the universe and that I've integrated myself again within myself and that I really love tennis.
I don't like it. I love it. It's fun. I love to feel the ball against the strings. It's nothing to do with competition. Everybody perceives former professional athletes that, oh, don't you miss the competition? No. <laughs> I had my moments. It's up to the younger ones, it's their turn. But to go hit the ball, even if I uh, hobble to the ball, even if I can only take a step to the ball, because I'm now in my later 60s, um, I've had double knee replacements so I can play tennis again. Game, set, and match. Uh, I'm a big tennis player, so it's so great to get this advice from Billie Jean King. Such a great sport. And she's such a great ambassador for the sport. And most importantly, she does stuff beyond the sport of tennis. So she's been one of the one of Time Magazine's most important people of the year in the past. And so it's great to have her advice on today's show. And it's always great to have you join us on the Super You Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We always have a show on Wednesdays, occasionally get off track, but normally it's on Wednesdays. And then we usually throw in some bonus shows in there as well. So don't hesitate to reach out to me, Equalman at Equalman.com. That's Equalman at Equalman.com with advice, tips, or questions. Because uh, often we sometimes have time to answer your questions on the show. And the show is all made possible by our sponsor, Amazon Prime. It's amazing. You can get stuff within hours on Amazon Prime. So I don't know if you're running anyone that's not on Amazon Prime. It's kind of surprising. But if you're not on Amazon Prime, then you need to get on it and then also use it. It just makes your life so much easier. It makes my life easier and easier each and every day. I'm just like, if it's not on Amazon, I'm probably not going to buy it. And this show is also made possible by the amazing Kelsey Gomez, Jake Brin, and Maritza Gutierrez. So until next time, this is your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Reminding all of you, we are superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. And most importantly, in life, it is not what we take from the world. It is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Super.